The Letter of Saint Clement to the Corinthians The Church of God which dwells as a pilgrim in Rome to the Church of God in pilgrimage at Corinth, to you who have been called and made holy by the will of God through our Lord Jesus Christ. May you be filled with grace and peace from Almighty God through Jesus Christ. Chapter 1. Dear brothers, because of the sudden misfortunes and calamities which have fallen upon us, one after another, we have been, we confess, somewhat tardy in turning our attention to the matters in dispute, and especially to the abominable and unholy schism, among you. It is a thing alien and foreign to those who have been called by God. It was started by a handful of impetuous and self-opinionated persons. It has been inflamed to such a degree of madness that your name, once so well known and loved and revered by all, has suffered a grave reproach. There was a time when everyone who lived among you thought highly of the full virtue and firmness of your faith, admired the sweet reasonableness of your Christian piety, heralded abroad your reputation for unbounded hospitality, and praised the fullness and soundness of your knowledge. You did all things without respect of persons and walked in accordance with the commands of God, subject to those in office and properly respectful to the presbyters of your community. You educated the minds of your young men to moderation and modesty. You exhorted girls to do their duty with a blameless, modest, and pure conscience. And you taught married women to love their husbands as they should, to be subject to them according to the rule of obedience, and to manage their homes with piety and much wisdom. Chapter 2. Every one of you used to walk in humbleness of mind, without boasting, preferring to obey rather than to command, to give rather than to receive, satisfied with the rations served by Christ. You gave heed to his words, you were careful to keep them in your hearts, his sufferings were before your eyes. Thus to all were granted a deep and radiant peace and an untiring longing to do good, and there came upon all an abundant outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You were filled with holy counsel and in pious zeal and reverent confidence you stretched forth your hands to Almighty God, beseeching Him to be merciful to your involuntary shortcomings. Day and night you kept up your efforts on behalf of the whole brotherhood, so that, with mercy and compassion, the full number of His chosen ones might be saved. You were pure and simple and forgiving toward one another. All sedition and schism of any sort, was abominated by you. You wept for the failings of your neighbors and you reckoned as your own their shortcomings. You were without regret for any good you had done and were ready to undertake any kind of honorable service. Adorned with the habits of virtue and reverence, you performed all your duties in the fear of God. The commandments and ordinances of the Lord were written on the tablets of your heart. Chapter 3. All glory and greatness was granted you, and what the Scripture said was fulfilled, my beloved ate and drank, and was enlarged and grew fat and kicked. From this came jealousy and envy, quarreling and dissension, persecution and disorder, war and captivity. Thus the unhonored rose up against those in honor, those without reputation against those with a good name, the foolish against the wise, the young against their elders. The reason why righteousness and peace are far removed is because each one abandons the fear of God, 
becomes blind in the things of his faith, does not walk in the ways of his commandments, and does not live worthy of Christ. Instead, each one proceeds according to the evil desires of his heart, yielding to a wicked and impious jealousy, by which also death came into the world. Chapter 4. For it is written thus, And it came to pass after some days that Cain from the fruits of the earth offered a sacrifice to God, and Abel also offered of the firstborn of the sheep and their fat. And God looked on Abel and his gifts, but he did not regard Cain and his sacrifices. And Cain was greatly grieved and his countenance fell. And God said to Cain, Why are you pained and why has your countenance fallen? If you have offered rightly but not divided rightly, have you not committed sin? Restrain your envy, you can repel it, and you must control it. And Cain said to Abel his brother, Let us go into the plain. And it happened while they were in the plain that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. You see, brothers, jealousy and envy brought about the murder of a brother. Because of jealousy our father Jacob fled from the face of Esau his brother. Jealousy caused Joseph to be pursued to death, and to become enslaved. Jealousy compelled Moses to flee from the face of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, when he was asked by his countrymen, who set you up as a judge or arbiter over us. Do you wish to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? Through jealousy Aaron and Miriam were lodged outside the camp. Jealousy plunged Dathan and Abiron alive into Hades for having rebelled against Moses the servant of God. Because of jealousy David received ill will not alone from foreigners, but was persecuted even by Saul, king of Israel. Chapter 5. But, to leave the ancient examples, let us come to the heroes nearest ourselves, let us consider the noble examples of our own generation. Through jealousy and envy the greatest and holiest pillars, of the church, were persecuted, and they endured to the death. Let us put before our eyes the good apostles, Peter, because of unrighteous jealousy, underwent not one or two but many sufferings, and having thus borne testimony went to his well-deserved place of glory. Because of jealousy and dissension Paul pointed out the way to the reward of endurance, seven times he was put in chains, he was banished, stoned, he became a herald in the east and in the west and received, the noble renown of his faith. He taught righteousness to the whole world, and after reaching the confines of the west, and having given testimony before rulers, passed from the world and was taken up to the holy place, having become the outstanding model of endurance. Chapter 6. Besides these men who lived such holy lives, there was a great multitude of the elect who suffered many outrages because of jealousy and became a shining example among us. It was because of jealousy that women were paraded as Danades and Durke and put to death after they had suffered horrible and cruel indignities. They kept up the race of faith to the finish and, despite their physical weakness, won the prize they deserved. It was jealousy that separated wives from their husbands and changed the saying of our father Adam, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Jealousy and quarreling have destroyed great cities and uprooted mighty nations. Chapter 7. These things, dearly beloved, we are writing, 
not only to warn you, but also to remind ourselves, for we are in the same arena, and the same contest lies before us. For this reason let us abandon empty and silly concerns, and come to the glorious and holy rule of our tradition. Let us see what is good and pleasing and acceptable in the sight of our Maker. Let us fix our gaze on the blood of Christ and realize how precious it is to His Father, seeing that it was poured out for our salvation and brought the grace of conversion to the whole world. Let us look back over all the generations, and learn that from generation to generation the Lord has given an opportunity of repentance to all who would return to Him. No preached penance, and those who heeded were saved. Then Jonas announced destruction to the Ninevites and they repented of their sins, besought God in prayer and, estranged though they were from God, obtained salvation. Chapter 8 The ministers of God's grace preached on repentance with the help of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord of all things himself spoke of repentance, with an oath, For as I live, saith the Lord, I desire not the death of the sinner but his repentance. He added this kindly assurance, Repent, O house of Israel, of your wickedness. Say to the sons of my people, If your sins reach from the earth to heaven, and if they be redder than scarlet, and blacker than sackcloth, and you return to me with all your heart and say, Father, I will listen to you as a holy people. And in another place he speaks thus, Wash and cleanse yourselves, put away wickedness out of your souls from before my eyes, cease from your wickedness, learn to do good, seek judgment, rescue the oppressed, give judgment to the fatherless and justice to the widow, and come and let us consider together, saith the Lord, and if your sins be as scarlet, I will make them white as snow, and if they be as crimson, I will whiten them as wool, and if you be willing and listen to me, you shall eat the good things of the earth, but if you be unwilling and listen not to me, a sword shall devour you, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken these things. Desiring therefore that all his beloved should share in repentance, he established it by his almighty will. Chapter 9? And so let us obey his magnanimous, and glorious will. Let us become suppliants of his mercy and kindness and prostrate ourselves and turn to his compassion. Let us abandon vain effort and quarreling and the jealousy which leads to death. Let us fix our gaze on those who have perfectly served his magnificent glory. Let us take Henoch, who was found righteous in obedience, and was taken up, without there being a trace of his death. Noah was found faithful by reason of his service, he proclaimed a new birth to the world, and through him the Lord saved the living creatures who entered in harmony into the ark. Chapter 10. Abraham, who was called the friend, proved himself faithful by becoming obedient to the words of God. It was through obedience that he went out from his country, and from his kindred and from his father's house. It was by leaving a small country and a weak kindred and a small household that he hoped to inherit the promises of God. For he says to him, Depart from thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house, to the land which I shall show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and I will magnify thy name, and thou shalt be blessed. And I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curse thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And again, when he separated from Lot, 
God said to him, Lift up thine eyes and look from the place where thou art now, to the north and to the south and to the east and to the west, for all the land which thou seest I will give to thee and to thy seed for ever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth. If a man can count the dust of the earth, then can thy seed be counted also. And again he says, God brought Abraham forth and said to him, Look up to the heaven and count the stars if thou canst count them. So shall thy seed be. And Abraham believed God, and this was reputed to him for justice. Because of his faith and hospitality a son was given him in his old age, and it was through obedience that he offered him as a sacrifice to God on the mountain which he showed him. Chapter 11 because of his hospitality and piety Lot was saved from Sodom, when the whole region round about was judged by fire and brimstone. The Lord made clear that, he does not abandon those who hope in him, but that he delivers to punishment and torture those who turn away. For as his wife was going out with him, becoming of a different mind and not remaining in harmony, she was turned into a sign. She became a pillar of salt and remains so to this day so that all may know that the double-minded and the doubters of God's power come into judgment, and become a warning to all generations. Chapter 12. Because of her faith and hospitality Rahab the harlot was saved. For when spies had been sent to Jericho by Josue the son of Nun, the king of the land knew that they had come to spy on his country and sent men to capture them, so that when they were taken they might be put to death. So the hospitable Rahab received them and hid them in the top of the house under stalks of flax. And when the men from the king came and said, The men spying on our land came into thee, bring them out, for the king has so commanded, she answered, pointing for them in the opposite direction, The men whom you seek did indeed come to me, but they left immediately and are continuing on their journey. And she said to the men, I surely know that the Lord God is giving you this land, for the fear and dread of you has fallen upon all its inhabitants. When therefore you shall have taken it, save me and my father's house. And they said to her, It will be just as thou hast requested us, as soon as thou knowest that we are on the way, gather all thy people under thy roof and they shall be saved, for as many as shall be found outside will be killed. And they gave her a sign, that she should hang from her house something scarlet in colour, clearly indicating beforehand that through the blood of the Lord will redemption come to all who believe and hope in God. You see, beloved, that not only faith but also prophecy is found in this woman. Chapter 13. Let us, therefore, be humble-minded, brothers, putting away all boasting and conceit and silliness and anger, and let us do what is written, for the Holy Spirit says, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, nor let the strong man glory in his strength, nor the rich man in his riches, but let him that glories glory in the Lord, to seek him and to do judgment and justice. Especially should we remember the words which the Lord Jesus spoke, when he taught clemency and long-suffering. For he spoke thus, Be merciful, that you may obtain mercy. Forgive, that you may be forgiven. As you do, so shall it be done to you. As you give, so shall it be given to you. As you judge, so shall you be judged. As you are kind, so shall you be treated kindly. With what measure you measure, 
with the same shall it be measured to you. In this commandment and in this counsel let us strengthen ourselves to walk obedient to his holy words, being humble-minded, for the holy writ says, On whom shall I have regard except on the meek and gentle and him who trembles at my words? Chapter 14. And so, brothers, it is right and holy for us to be obedient to God rather than to follow those who in arrogance and insubordination are the leaders in abominable jealousy. For we shall suffer no ordinary harm, but run a very great risk, if we rashly entrust ourselves to the designs of men who aim at strife and sedition, to alienate us from what is right. Let us be kind to one another after the model of the compassion and sweetness of Him who made us. For it is written, the kindly shall remain inhabitants of the land, and the innocent shall be left upon it, but the lawbreakers shall be entirely destroyed from off it. And again he says, I saw the wicked lifted up and exalted as the cedars of Lebanon. And I passed by, and behold, he was no more, and I sought his place, and did not find it. Conserve innocence and regard righteousness, for there is a remnant for the peaceful man. Chapter 15. And so let us cleave to those who are peaceable in piety and not to those who desire peace in hypocrisy. For he says in one place, This people honours me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And again, they blessed with their mouth, but they cursed in their heart. And again he says, They loved him with their mouth, and they lied to him with their tongue, and their heart was not right with him, nor were they faithful in his covenant. Therefore, let the deceitful lips which speak iniquity against the just man become mute. And again, may the Lord destroy all the lying lips, the tongues that boast, and those who say, Let us magnify our tongue, our lips are our own, who is Lord over us. Because of the misery of the poor and the groans of the needy, now I will arise, says the Lord, I will set him in safety, I will deal plainly with him. Chapter 16. For Christ belongs to the humble-minded, not to those who exalt themselves above his flock. The scepter of the majesty of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, came not in the pomp of boasting or of arrogance, though he was mighty, but he was humble-minded, as the Holy Spirit spoke concerning him. For he says, Lord, who has believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? We announced in his presence, he is as a child, as a root in thirsty ground. There is no beauty in him, nor comeliness, and we have seen him, and he had neither form nor beauty, but his form was without honour, deficient in comparison with the form of men, a man living in stripes and hardships, and knowing how to bear weakness, for his face was turned away, and he was despised and not blessed. This is he who bears our sins and is hurt for us, and we regarded him as subject to pain and stripes and affliction. But he was wounded for our iniquities, he was bruised for our sins. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his bruises we are healed. We all went astray like sheep, every one went astray in his own way. And the Lord delivered him up for our sins, and he did not open his mouth on account of his affliction. As a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and as a lamb dumb before its shearer he opens not his mouth. In humiliation his judgment was taken away. 
who shall declare his generation. For his life is taken away from the earth. For the iniquities of my people he has come to death. And I will give the wicked for his burial, and the rich for his death, for he did no iniquity, nor was deceit found in his mouth. And the Lord wills to purify him from his wounds. If you make an offering for sin, your soul shall see a seed with long life. And the Lord wills to take from the labor of his soul, to show him light and to form him in understanding, to justify a righteous man who serves many well. And he himself shall bear their sins. On this account he shall inherit many, and shall share the spoils of the strong, because his soul was delivered to death, and he was counted among the wicked. And he bore the sins of many, and for their sins he was delivered up. And again he says himself, But I am a worm and no man, the reproach of men, and the outcast of the people. All who saw me laughed me to scorn, they spoke with their lips, they shook their heads, saying, He hoped in the Lord, let him deliver him, let him save him, seeing that he delights in him. You see, beloved, what is the example given to us? For if the Lord was thus humble-minded, what shall we do who through him have come under the yoke of his grace? Chapter 17 Let us become imitators also of those who went about in goatskins and sheepskins, preaching the coming of Christ. We mean Elias and Eliseus, and also Ezekiel, the prophets, and beside them the famous men of old. Abraham was greatly praised and was proclaimed the friend of God, and he in his humility, fixing his gaze on the glory of God, says, But I am dust and ashes. Besides, it is also written thus concerning Job, and Job was righteous and blameless, true, a worshipper of God, keeping himself from all evil. But he accuses himself, saying, No one is pure from defilement, not even if his life be but for a single day. Moses was called faithful in all his household, and through his instrumentality God judged Egypt with their plagues and torments. But even he, when he was given great praise, did not utter proud words, but when an oracle was given him at the bush, said, Who am I, that thou sendest me? I am feeble of speech and slow of tongue. And again he says, But I am as smoke from a pot. Chapter 18. What shall we say of the celebrated David, to whom God said, I have found a man after my own heart, David the son of Jesse, in eternal mercy I have anointed him. But even he says to God. Have mercy on me, O God, according to thy great mercy, and according to the multitude of thy tender mercies blot out my iniquity. Wash me yet more from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I knew my iniquity, and my sin is always before me. To thee only have I sinned, and have done evil before. Thee, that thou mayst be justified in thy words, and mayst overcome when thou art judged. For, behold, I was conceived in iniquities, and in sins did my mother bear me. For, behold, thou hast loved truth, the dark and hidden things of thy wisdom thou hast made clear to me. Thou shalt sprinkle me with hyssop, and I shall be cleansed. Thou shalt wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Thou shalt cause me to hear joy and gladness, the bones that have been humbled shall rejoice. 
Turn away thy face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create a clean heart in me, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy face, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation, and strengthen me with thy governing spirit. I will teach the lawless ones thy ways, and the impious shall be converted to thee. Deliver me from the guilt of blood, O God, the God of my salvation, my tongue shall rejoice in thy justice. Lord, thou wilt open my mouth, and my lips will declare thy praise. For if thou hadst desired sacrifice, I would have given it, with holocausts thou wilt not be pleased. A sacrifice to God is a contrite spirit, a contrite and humbled heart God will not despise. Chapter 19 The humility and obedient submissiveness of so many men of such proven reputations have made us better, and not only us, but likewise our fathers before us and all who have received his words in fear and truth. Sharing, then, in their many great and glorious deeds, let us run toward the goal of peace which from the beginning has been handed down to us, let us look steadfastly toward the Father and Creator of the whole world, and hold fast to his magnificent and surpassing gifts of peace and kindness to us. Let us see him with our mind and with the eyes of the soul let us look on his long-suffering purpose. Let us realize how peacefully, he acts toward his whole creation. Chapter 20. The heavens move at his direction and are subject to him in tranquility. Day and night complete the course assigned by him without hindering each other. Sun and moon and the choir of stars revolve in harmony according to his command in the orbits assigned to them, without swerving the slightest. The earth, flowering at his bidding in due seasons, brings forth abundant food for men and beasts and all the living beings on its surface, without reluctance and without altering any of his arrangements. The unsearchable places of the bottomless pit, and the indescribable regions of the lower world are subject to the same decrees. The mass of the boundless sea, gathered together in one place according to his plan, does not overrun the barriers appointed to it, but acts as he commanded it. For he said, Thus far shalt thou come, and thy wave shall be broken within thee. The ocean, impassable by men, and the worlds beyond it are regulated by the same decrees of the Lord. The seasons of spring, summer, fall and winter give way in turn, one to the other, in peace. The winds from the different quarters, each in its proper season, perform their service without hindrance. The ever-flowing springs, made for enjoyment and for health, unfailingly offer their breasts to sustain the life of man. The very smallest of the animals come together in harmony and in peace. The great Creator and Lord of the universe commanded all these things to be at peace and in harmony, He does good to all, and more than superabundantly to us who have found refuge in His mercies through our Lord Jesus Christ. To whom be glory and majesty for ever and ever. Amen. Chapter 21. Be on your guard, brothers, lest his many benefits turn into a judgment upon all of us. This will be so if we do not, by performing in concord virtuous deeds pleasing to him, live lives worthy of him. For he says in one place, The Spirit of the Lord is a light, searching the inward parts. 
Let us see how near he is, and that not one of our thoughts or the plans we make escapes him. It is right, then, that we should not be deserters from his will. If we must offend, let it be foolish and senseless men who exalt themselves and boast in the arrogance of their reason, rather than God. Let us fear the Lord Jesus, whose blood was given for us, let us respect our leaders, let us honor the presbyters, let us teach the young in the school of the fear of God. Let us guide our women toward what is good. Let them reveal an exquisite disposition to purity, let them exhibit an unfaltering will to be meek. Let them show forth the control of their tongue by their silence. Let them show their affection, not with partiality but in holiness, equally to all who fear God. Let your children take part in the instruction which is in Christ, let them learn how powerful with God is humility, how strong is a pure love, how the fear of Him is beautiful and great and saves those who live in it in holiness with a pure mind. For He is a searcher of thoughts and desires, His breath is in us, and when He wills, He will take it away. Chapter 22 Faith in Christ confirms all these things, for He Himself through the Holy Spirit thus calls us to Himself. Come, children, hearken to me, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man that desireth life, who loveth to see good days? Keep thy tongue from evil, and thy lips from speaking guile. Turn away from evil and do good, seek after peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the just, and his ears unto their prayers. But the countenance of the Lord is against them that do evil, to destroy the memory of them from the earth. The just man cried out, and the Lord heard him, and delivered him out of all his troubles. The tribulations of the just are many, but mercy will encompass those who hope in the Lord. Chapter 23 The all-merciful and beneficent Father has compassion on them who fear him, and with gentleness and kindness bestows his favors on those who approach him with a simple mind. So, let us not be double-minded, nor let our soul form false ideas about his extraordinary and glorious gifts. Let that scripture be far from us where he says, Miserable are the double-minded who doubt in their soul and say, These things have we heard even in the days of our fathers, and behold, we are grown old, and none of these things has happened to us. O senseless men, compare yourselves to a tree. Take a vine, first it sheds its leaves, then there comes a bud, then a leaf, then a flower, and after that the unripe grape, then the full bunch. You see how in a little time the fruit of the tree reaches its ripeness. Truly his will shall be fulfilled swiftly and suddenly, as the scripture testifies, he shall come quickly and not delay, and the Lord shall come suddenly to his temple, the Holy One whom you expect. Chapter 24 Let us consider, beloved, how the Lord is continually revealing to us the resurrection that is to be. Of this he has constituted the Lord Jesus Christ the first fruits, by raising him from the dead. Let us look, beloved, at the resurrection in regard to the seasons. Day and night demonstrate a resurrection, the night sleeps and the day arises, the day departs and night returns. Let us take the crops, to see how and in what manner the planting takes place. The sower went forth and cast each of the seeds into the ground, and they, 
falling on the ground dry and bare, decay. Then from their decay the greatness of the Lord's providence raises them up, and from one seed many grow up and bring forth fruit. Chapter 25 Let us look at the strange phenomenon which takes place in the east, that is, in the regions near Arabia. There is a bird which is called the phoenix. This bird, the only one of its species, lives five hundred years. As the time of its dissolution in death approaches, it makes a nest of incense and myrrh and other spices, into which it enters when its time is completed, and dies. Now, as its flesh decays a worm is born, which is nourished by the moisture of the dead bird and grows wings. Then, growing strong, it picks up that nest, in which are the bones of its predecessor, and carries them from the country of Arabia, as far as Egypt, to the city called Heliopolis. And in the daylight, in the sight of all, flying to the altar of the sun, it places them there and so sets out on its return. Then the priests look up the records of the years, and they find that it has come at the end of the five hundredth year. Chapter 26. Do we think it something great and marvellous, then, if the Creator of the universe shall bring about a resurrection of those who served Him in holiness, in the confidence of a good faith, considering that He demonstrates the greatness of His promise by means even of a bird. For He says, somewhere, and thou shalt raise me up, and I will praise thee, and I lay down and slept, I rose up for thou art with me. And again, Job says, and thou shalt raise up this flesh of mine which has endured all these things. Chapter 27. With this hope, then, let our souls be bound to him who is faithful in his promises and just in his judgments. He who commanded us not to lie will be far from lying himself. For nothing is impossible to God, except to lie? Let faith in him, then, be enkindled in us, and let us reflect that all things are near to him. By the word of his majesty he has set up all things, and by a word he can overturn them. Who shall say to him, What hast thou done? Or who shall stand against the force of his power? When he wishes, and as he wishes, he will do all things, and none of the things decreed by him shall fail. All things are before him, and nothing is hid from his planning. The heavens show forth the glory of God, and the firmament declareth the work of his hands. Day utters speech to day, and night proclaims knowledge to night. And there are no words or sounds, and their voices are not heard. Chapter 28 Seeing, then, that all things are seen and heard, let us fear him, and abandon the unclean lust of evil deeds, that we may be shielded by his mercy from the future judgments to come. For where can any of us flee from his mighty hand? What world will receive any one of the deserters from him? For the scripture says in one place, Where shall I go, and where shall I hide from thy face? If I go up into heaven, thou art there. If I go off to the ends of the earth, there is thy right hand. If I make my bed in the abyss, thy spirit is there. Where, then, shall a man go off or where escape from him who embraces all things? Chapter 29. Let us come before him, then, in sanctity of soul, 
lifting pure and undefiled hands to Him, loving our gentle and merciful Father who has made us His chosen portion. For it is written, When the Most High divided the nations, when He scattered the sons of Adam, He set up the boundaries of nations according to the number of angels of God. His people, Jacob, became the portion of the Lord, Israel was the allotment of his inheritance. And in another place he says, Behold, the Lord takes to himself a nation from the midst of nations, as a man takes the first fruit of his threshing floor, and from that nation shall come forth the Holy of Holies. Chapter 30 Since we are a portion of the Holy One, let us do all that belongs to holiness, fleeing from evil speech, and abominable and impure embraces, from drunkenness and from rioting, and detestable lusts, foul adultery, and detestable pride. For God, he says, resisteth the proud but giveth grace to the humble. Let us then join with those to whom grace is given from God, let us put on concord in meekness of spirit and in self-control, keeping ourselves far from all gossip and evil speaking, being justified by works and not by words. For he says, He that speaketh much shall also hear much, or does he that speaks fair think that he is just? Blessed is the man born of woman who has a short life. Be not full of words. Let our praise be with God, and not from ourselves, for God hates those who praise themselves. Let the testimony of our good deeds be given by others, as it was given to our fathers, who were righteous. Boldness and arrogance and presumption belong to those who are cursed by God, gentleness and humility and meekness belong to those who are blessed by God. Chapter 31. Let us, then, cling to His blessing, and let us see what are the ways of blessedness. Let us recall the events of old. Why was our father Abraham blessed? Was it not because he performed justice and truth through faith? Isaac, knowing the future in confidence, was willingly led forth as a sacrifice. Jacob went out from his own country with meekness because of his brother, and went to Laban and served him, and the twelve tribes of Israel were given to him. Chapter 32 And, if anyone will examine fairly each example, he will recognize the greatness of the gifts given by God. For from him come the priests and the Levites who minister at the altar of God, from him comes the Lord Jesus according to the flesh, from him come the kings and rulers and leaders in the line of Judah. And the other tribes are in no slight honor, since, as God promised, thy seed shall be as the stars of heaven. They were all glorified and magnified, not through themselves or their own works or the good deeds which they did, but through His will. And we also, having been called through His will in Christ Jesus, are not justified by ourselves, or by our own wisdom or understanding or piety or the works we have done in holiness of heart, but through the faith, by which the Almighty God has justified all men from the beginning, to whom we glory for all ages. Amen. Chapter 33. What, then, shall we do, brothers? Shall we slacken from doing good and abandon charity? May the Lord never allow this to happen to us, but let us be diligent to accomplish every good work with earnestness and zeal. 
for the Creator and Lord of the universe himself takes joy in his works. For in his overwhelming might he has set up the heavens, and by his unsearchable wisdom he has put them in order. He has separated the earth from the surrounding water and placed it on the solid foundation of his own will, and he has called into existence the animals that move in it by his own arrangement. Having prepared the sea and the living creatures that are in it, he enclosed them by his own power. Over all, with his holy and pure hands he formed man, the most excellent and greatest in intelligence, with the stamp of his own image. For God spoke thus, Let us make man according to our image and likeness, and God made man, male and female he made them. Having finished all these things, he praised and blessed them and said, Increase and multiply. Let us consider that all the saints have been adorned with good works, and the Lord himself, adorning himself with good works, rejoiced. Holding this pattern, then, let us follow out his will without hesitation, let us do the work of justice with all our strength. Chapter 34 The good laborer receives the bread of his labor with confidence, the lazy and careless one does not look his employer in the face. We must, therefore, be zealous in doing good, for all things are from him. He warns us, Behold the Lord comes, and his reward is before his face, to pay each man according to his work. He therefore urges us who believe in him with all our heart not to be lazy or careless in any good work. Let our glorying and our confidence be in him, let us be subject to his will. Let us consider the whole multitude of angels, how they stand and minister to his will. For the scripture says, ten thousand times ten thousand stood by him, and thousands of thousands ministered to him, and they cried, Holy, 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 Lord of hosts the whole creation is full of his glory. We, therefore, gathering together in concord in our conscience, also should cry out earnestly as with one voice to him, that we may become participants in his great and glorious promises. For he says, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man, what great things the Lord has prepared for those who wait for him. Chapter 35 How blessed and wonderful are the gifts of God, beloved! Life in immortality, joyousness in justice, truth in confidence, faith in trustfulness, continence in holiness and all these things fall within our understanding. And what shall we say of the things that are being prepared for those who persevere? Only the Creator and Father of the ages, the All-Holy One, knows their greatness and beauty. Let us strive, therefore, to be found in the number of those who wait for Him, that we may share in the promised gifts. But how shall this be, beloved? If our mind be fixed by means of faith on God, if we seek what is pleasing and acceptable to him, if we perform what is proper to his faultless will and follow the path of truth, casting from us all injustice and wickedness, covetousness, strife, malice and deceit, gossiping and evil speaking, hatred of God, arrogance and boasting, vainglory and inhospitality. For they who do these things are detestable to God, and not only those who do them, but also those who consent to them. For the Scripture says, but to the sinner God hath said, Why dost thou declare my justices, and take my covenant in thy mouth? 
Thou who hatest, discipline and hast cast away my words behind thee. If thou seest a thief, thou dost run with him, and with adulterers thou hast had a share. Thy mouth has been full of evil, and thy tongue hath framed plans of deceit. Thou didst sit to speak evil against thy brother, and hast laid a stumbling block against thy mother's son. These things hast thou done, and I was silent. Thou hast thought, O wicked man, that I should be like to thee. But I will convict thee and set thee before thy face. Understand these things, you who forget God, lest he sees you as a lion, and there shall be none to deliver you. The sacrifice of praise shall glorify me, and therein is the way by which I will show him the salvation of God. Chapter 36 This is the way, beloved, by which we found our Saviour, Jesus Christ, the High Priest of our offerings, the Protector and the Helper of our weakness. Through him let us strain our eyes toward the heights of heaven, through him we see mirrored his spotless and glorious countenance. Through him the eyes of our heart have been opened, through him our foolish and darkened understanding shoots up into the light, through him the Lord willed that we should taste immortal knowledge, who, being the brightness of his majesty is so much greater than the angels as he hath inherited a more excellent name. For it is so written, who makes his angels, spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire. But regarding his Son the Lord has spoken thus, Thou art my Son, this day I have begotten thee. Ask of me, and I will give thee the Gentiles for thy inheritance, and the end of the earth for thy possession. And again he says to him, Sit on my right hand until I make thy enemies a footstool for thy feet. Who then are the enemies? They who are wicked and resist his will. Chapter 37. Brothers, let us be his soldiers, therefore, in all earnestness, under his faultless commands. Let us consider those who are enrolled under our rulers, how well ordered, and how readily, how obediently they carry out commands. Not all are prefects, or tribunes, or centurions, or in charge of bands of fifty, and so forth, but each one in his own rank carries out the commands issued by the emperor and the officers. The great cannot exist without the small, nor the small without the great, there is a certain organization, and it is of benefit to all. Let us take our body. The head without the feet is nothing, and so also the feet without the head are nothing. The smallest members of our body are necessary, and useful to the whole body but all conspire together and unite in a single obedience, so that the whole body may be saved. Chapter 38. Therefore, let our whole body be saved in Christ Jesus, and let each be subject to his neighbor, according to the position which grace bestowed on each. Let not the strong neglect the weak, and let the weak respect the strong. Let the rich man supply the wants of the poor, and let the poor man give thanks to God, because he has given him someone to supply his needs. Let the wise show his wisdom not in words, but in good works. Let the humble-minded not testify to his own humility, but allow others to bear him witness. Let him who is pure in the flesh be so without boasting, knowing that it is another who grants him this continence. 
Let us consider, brothers, of what matter we were made, who and what we are who have come into the world, from what a tomb and what darkness our Maker and Creator brought us into the world and prepared His benefits for us before we were born. We who have obtained all these things from Him ought to thank Him for all, to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen. Chapter 39. Foolish, unthinking, silly, and ignorant men laugh at us and deride us, wishing to exalt themselves in their own imagination. For what can mortal man do? Or what is the strength of one born on earth? For it is written, There was no shape before my eyes, but I heard breathing and a voice. What then? Shall a mortal be pure before the Lord? Or shall a man be blameless in his works, before God, if he believeth not in his servants, and finds defects in his angels? Even the heaven is not pure in his sight. Away, you that live in houses of clay, from which, yes, from the same clay, we ourselves were made. He struck them like a moth, and between morning and evening they ceased to exist, they perished without being able to help themselves. He breathed on them, and they died, because they had not wisdom. Cry out, if there is anyone to hear thee, or if thou shalt see any of the holy angels. For wrath destroyeth the foolish man, and jealousy kills him that errs. I have seen the foolish take root, but shortly their dwelling was consumed. Let their sons be far from safety, let them be derided in the gates of their inferiors, and there will be none to rescue them. For the just shall eat what was prepared for them, and they shall not be delivered from their ills. Chapter 40. Since all these things are clear to us, and we have looked into the depths of divine knowledge, we ought in proper order to do all things which the Lord has commanded us to perform at appointed times. He has commanded the offerings and ministrations to be carried out, and not carelessly or disorderly, but at fixed times and seasons. He has himself fixed according to his surpassing counsel wherein by whom he dears them to be performed, in order that all things may be done in holy fashion according to his good pleasure and acceptable to his will. Those who make their offerings at the appointed time, therefore, are acceptable and blessed, for they are not, following the ordinances of the Lord. For the high priest has been allotted his proper ministrations, and to the priests their proper place has been assigned, and on the Levites their own duties are laid. The lay man is bound by the lay ordinances. Chapter 41. Let us, brothers, each in his own order, strive to please God with a good conscience and with reverence, not transgressing the fixed rule of each one's own ministry. Not in every place, brothers, are the daily sacrifices for petitions and for sins and for trespasses offered, but only in Jerusalem. And even there the offering is not made in any place, but only before the sanctuary near the altar, after the offering has been inspected for defects by the high priest and the above-mentioned ministers. Those who do anything contrary to what is due to him will suffer the penalty of death. You see, brothers, the more knowledge we have been given, the more we are exposed to danger. Chapter 42. The Apostles received the Gospel for us from the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ was sent from God. Christ, therefore, 
is from God and the apostles are from Christ. Both, accordingly, came in proper order by the will of God. Receiving their orders, therefore, and being filled with confidence because of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and confirmed in the word of God, with full assurance of the Holy Spirit, they went forth preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God that was about to come. Preaching, accordingly, throughout the country and the cities, they appointed their first fruits, after testing them by the Spirit, to be bishops and deacons of those who should believe. And this they did without innovation, since many years ago things had been written concerning bishops and deacons. Thus, the Scripture says in one place, I will establish their bishops in justice and their deacons in faith. Chapter 43. And what wonder is it if they, who had been entrusted in Christ by God with such a work, appointed the persons we have mentioned? After all, the blessed man Moses, a faithful servant in all his house, recorded in the sacred books all the things commanded him. And the other prophets followed him, testifying with him to the laws laid down by him. For, when jealousy arose about the priesthood and the tribes quarrelled as to which of them should be honoured with that glorious name, he commanded the chiefs of the twelve tribes to bring him rods inscribed with the name of each tribe, and, taking them, he bound them, and sealed them with the rings of the chiefs, and put them away in the tabernacle of testimony on the table of God. And, closing the tabernacle, he sealed the keys as well as the doors. And he said to them, Brethren, the tribe whose rod blossoms, this one has God chosen to be priests and to minister to him. And, when morning came, he called together all Israel, six hundred thousand men, and showed the seals to the chiefs of the tribes, and opened the tabernacle of testimony, and brought out the rods, and the rod of Aaron was found not only to have blossomed, but also to be bearing fruit. What do you think, beloved? Did not Moses know beforehand that this would happen? Certainly, he knew. But, that no disorder should arise in Israel, he acted thus to glorify the name of the true and only God, to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen. Chapter 44. Our apostles also knew, through our Lord Jesus Christ, that there would be contention over the bishop's office. So, for this cause, having received complete foreknowledge, they appointed the above-mentioned men, and afterwards gave them a permanent character, so that, as they died, other approved men should succeed to their ministry. Those, therefore, who were appointed by the apostles or afterwards by other eminent men, with the consent of the whole church, and who ministered blamelessly to the flock of Christ in humility, peaceably and nobly, being commended for many years by all, these men we consider are not justly deposed from their ministry. It will be no small sin for us, if we depose from the episcopacy men who have blamelessly and in holiness offered up sacrifice. Blessed are the presbyters who have gone before, since they reached a fruitful and perfect end, for now they need not fear that anyone shall remove them from the place assigned to them. For we see that, in spite of their good conduct, you have forced some men from a ministry which they fulfilled without blame. Chapter 45. Brothers, be eager and zealous for the things that pertain to salvation. You have studied the Holy Scriptures, which are true and inspired by the Holy Spirit. 
you know that nothing contrary to justice or truth has been written in them. You will not find that just men have been expelled by holy men. Just men were persecuted, but by wicked men. They were imprisoned, but by impious men. They were stoned by breakers of the laws, they were killed by men who had conceived a foul and wicked jealousy. Although suffering such things, they endured nobly. What shall we say, brothers? Was Daniel cast into the lion's den by men who feared God? Or were Ananias, Azarias, and Misael shut up in the fiery furnace by men who observed the great and glorious worship of the Most High? God forbid! Who, then, were the men who did these acts? They were detestable men, filled with all wickedness, who were carried to such fury that they heaped humiliation on those who served God in holiness and purity of intention. They did not know that the Most High is the protector and defender of those who minister with a pure conscience to His all-holy name, to whom we glory for ever and ever. Amen. But those who endured confidently gained an inheritance of glory and honor, and were exalted and inscribed by God in His memorial for ever and ever. Amen. Chapter 46. And so, brothers, we, too, must cling to models such as these. For it is written, Cling to the saints, for they who cleave to them shall become saints. And again in another place, with the innocent man, thou shalt be innocent, and with the elect man, thou shalt be elect, and with the perverse man, thou shalt be perverse. Let us cling, then, to the innocent and the just, for they are God's elect. Why are there quarrels and ill-will and dissensions and schism and fighting among you? Do we not have one God and one Christ, and one Spirit of grace poured out upon us? And is there not one calling in Christ? Why do we wrench and tear apart the members of Christ, and revolt against our own body, and reach such folly as to forget that we are members one of another? Remember the words of the Lord Jesus, for he said, Woe to that man! It were better for him if he had not been born, rather than scandalize one of my elect. It were better for him that a millstone were tied to him, and that he be cast into the sea, than that he should pervert one of my chosen ones. Your schism has perverted many, has thrown many into despair, has caused all of us to grieve, and your rebelliousness continues. Chapter 47 Take up the epistle of blessed Paul the Apostle. What did he first write to you at the beginning of his preachings? In truth, being inspired, he wrote to you concerning himself and Cephas and Apollos, because even then you were given to faction. But that factiousness involved you in less guilt, for you were partisans of highly reputed apostles, and of a man commended by them. But consider now who they are who have perverted you, and have diminished the honor or your renowned reputation for brotherly love. It is disgraceful, beloved, very disgraceful, and unworthy of your training in Christ, to hear that the stable and ancient church of the Corinthians, on account of one or two persons, should revolt against its presbyters. And this report has come not only to us, but also to those who dissent from us. The result is that blasphemies are brought upon the name of the Lord through your folly, and danger accrues for yourselves. Chapter 48. 
Let us quickly remove this, then, and let us fall down before the Lord and supplicate Him with tears that He may become merciful and be reconciled to us, and restore us to the honoured and holy practice of brotherly love. For thus is the gate of justice open to life, as it is written, Open to me the gates of justice, that I may enter through them and praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord, the righteous shall enter by it. Of the many gates that are opened, the one in justice is the one in Christ. All are blessed who enter by this gate and pursue their way in holiness and justice, performing all things without disorder. Let a man be faithful, let him be able to utter deep knowledge, let him be wise in discerning words, let him be energetic in deeds, let him be pure. For the greater he seems to be, so much the more should he be humble, and he ought to seek the common good of all and not his own. Chapter 49. Let him who has chastity in Christ keep Christ's commandments. Who can explain the bond of the charity of God? Who can express the splendor of its beauty? The height to which charity lifts us is inexpressible. Charity unites us to God, charity covers a multitude of sins, charity bears all things, is long-suffering in all things. There is nothing mean in charity, nothing arrogant. Charity knows no schism, does not rebel, does all things in concord. In charity all the elect of God have been made perfect. Without charity nothing is pleasing to God. In charity the Lord received us, out of the charity which He had for us, Jesus Christ our Lord gave His blood for us by the will of God, and His flesh for our flesh, and His life for our lives. Chapter 50 you see, dearly beloved, how great and wonderful is charity, and that its perfection is beyond expression. Who is good enough to be found in it except those whom God makes worthy? Let us pray, therefore, and beg of His mercy that we may be found in charity, without human partisanship, free from blame. All the generations from Adam to this day have passed away, but those who were made perfect in charity by the grace of God live among the saints and they shall be made manifest at the judgment of the kingdom of Christ. For it is written, Enter into thy chambers a little while, until my wrath and anger pass, and I remember the good day and will raise you up out of your graves. Blessed were we, dearly beloved, if we fulfilled the commandments of God in the harmony of charity, that our sins were forgiven through charity. For it is written, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not reckon, and in whose mouth there is no deceit. This benediction came to those who were chosen by God through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen. Chapter 51. Whatsoever we have done wrong, and whatsoever we have done by suggestion of our adversary, let us hope that it may be forgiven us. Even those who were the leaders of rebellion and schism must look to the common hope. For those who live in fear and charity prefer that they, rather than their neighbors, should undergo sufferings, and they more willingly suffer their own condemnation than the loss of that harmony which has been taught us well and justly. It is better for a man to confess his sins than to harden his heart, as the heart of those who rebelled against Moses, the servant of God, was hardened, and the verdict on them was plain.
for they went down into Hades alive and death will gather them in. Pharaoh and his army and all the leaders of Egypt, the chariots and their riders, were drowned in the Red Sea and perished, for no other reason than that their foolish hearts were hardened, after the working of signs and wonders in the land of Egypt by God's servant Moses. Chapter 52 Brothers, the Lord of the universe has need of nothing, he requires nothing of anyone, except that confession be made to him. For David, the chosen one, says, I will confess to the Lord, and it shall please him more than a young bullock with horns and hoofs. Let the poor see it, and be glad. And again he says, Sacrifice to God a sacrifice of praise, and render to the All-High thy vows, and call upon me in the day of affliction, and I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. For a contrite spirit is a sacrifice to God. Chapter 53. For you understand, beloved, you well understand the sacred scriptures, and you have studied the oracles of God. So we write these things as a reminder. For, when Moses went up the mountain and spent forty days and forty nights in fasting and humiliation, God said to him, Go down from here quickly, for thy people, whom thou hast brought out of Egypt, have committed iniquity, they have speedily gone astray from the way which thou hast commanded them, they have made molten images for themselves. And the Lord said to him, I have spoken to thee once and twice, saying, I have seen this people, and, behold, it is stiff-necked. Suffer me to destroy them and I will wipe out their name from under heaven, and I will make thee a great and wonderful nation, far more numerous than this one. And Moses said, No Lord, pardon the sin of this people, or blot me also out of the book of the living. What great charity! What superb perfection! The servant speaks out to the Lord and asks that the people be forgiven, or that he himself be blotted out with them. Chapter 54. Who, now, among you is noble? Who is compassionate? Who is filled with charity? Let him say, If on my account there are sedition and quarrelling and schisms, I will leave, I will go wherever you wish and will do what is enjoined by the community, only let the flock of Christ have peace with its appointed presbyters. He who does this will win for himself great fame in Christ, and every place will receive him, for the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness of it. Thus have they acted and will continue to act who fulfill their obligations as citizens of God without regret. Chapter 55. And now to take examples from the pagans also, many kings and rulers, when a period of pestilence occurred, followed the advice of oracles and gave themselves up to death, in order to rescue their subjects by their own blood. Many left their own cities, that these might be divided no more. We know that many among ourselves have given themselves up to chains in order to redeem others. Many have surrendered themselves to slavery and provided food for others with the price they received for themselves. Many women, fortified by the grace of God, have accomplished many heroic actions. The blessed Judith, when the city was besieged, asked permission of the elders to be allowed to go into the foreigner's camp. By exposing herself to danger she went out for love of her country and of the people who were besieged, 
and the Lord delivered Holofans into the hand of a woman. To no less danger did Esther, who was perfect in faith, expose herself, in order to save the twelve tribes of Israel that were about to be destroyed. For, by fasting and humiliation she begged the all-seeing master of the ages and he, seeing the meekness of her soul, rescued the people for whose sake she had faced danger. Chapter 56 Therefore, let us also intercede for those who fall into any transgression, that meekness and humility may be granted them, so that they may yield not to us but to God's will. For in this way there will be for them a fruitful, perfect, and compassionate remembrance with God and the saints. Let us receive correction, and not be angered by it, dearly beloved. The admonition which we give to one another is good and most beneficial, for it unites us to the will of God. For the Holy Word speaks thus, With chastisement did the Lord chastise me, and he delivered me not to death. For whom the Lord loves he chastises, and scourges every son whom he receives. For it says, The just will chastise me with mercy and correct me, but let not the mercy of sinners anoint my head. And, again, it says, Happy is the man whom the Lord has corrected, and despise not the admonition of the Almighty, for he makes a man suffer pain and again restores him. He struck, and his hands have healed. Six times he shall deliver thee from troubles, and in the seventh time evil shall not touch thee. In famine he shall deliver thee from death, and in war he shall free from the hand of the sword. And he shall hide thee from the scourge of the tongue, and thou shalt not be afraid when evils come. Thou shalt laugh to scorn the unjust and lawless men, and thou shalt not fear wild beasts. For wild beasts shall be at peace with thee. Thou shalt know that thy house shall be at peace, and the habitation of thy tent shall not fail. And thou shalt know that thy seed shall be many and thy children like the grass of the field. And thou shalt come to the grave like ripened corn that is harvested in its due season, or like a heap on the threshing floor which is gathered in at the appointed time. You see, beloved, how great is the protection given to those who are chastised by the Lord. For he chastises as a good father, that we may receive mercy through his holy chastisement. Chapter 57 You, therefore, who laid the foundation of rebellion, submit to the presbyters, and accept chastisement for repentance, bending the knees of your heart. Learn to be submissive, laying aside the boastful and proud self-confidence of your tongue, for it is better for you to be found little ones, but honourable within the flock of Christ, than to seem to be pre-eminent, but to be cast out from his hope. For the all-virtuous wisdom speaks thus, Behold I will bring forth to you the words of my Spirit, and I will teach you my word. Because I called and you did not obey, and I put forth my words and you paid no attention, but made my counsel useless and disobeyed my admonitions. Therefore I will also laugh at your destruction, and I will rejoice when ruin comes on you and when confusion suddenly overwhelms you and catastrophe descends like a whirlwind, or when affliction or a siege comes. For it shall come to pass when you call upon me I will not hear you. The wicked shall seek me and shall not find me. For they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, neither would they heed my counsels but mocked my reproofs. Therefore they shall eat the fruits of their own way, 
and shall be filled with their own impiety. Because they wrong the simple, they shall be killed, and judgment shall destroy the impious. But he that hearkens to me shall dwell securely in hope, and shall be quiet without fear of any evil. Chapter 58. Let us, then, obey his all-holy and glorious name, and escape the threats which have been spoken by wisdom long ago against the disobedient, that we may encamp in confidence in the most sacred name of his majesty. Take our advice, and there will be nothing for you to regret. For, as God lives and the Lord Jesus Christ lives and the Holy Spirit, the faith and hope of the elect, so shall he who with humility of mind, and ready gentleness, and without turning back, has performed the decrees and commandments given by God be enrolled and chosen among the number of those who are saved through Jesus Christ, through whom is the glory to him for ever and ever. Amen. Chapter 59. But, if some shall disobey the words which have been spoken by him through us, let them know that they will involve themselves in no small transgression and danger. But we shall be innocent of this sin, and shall beg with earnest prayer and supplication, that the Creator of all may keep unharmed the number which has been counted of his elect in all the world, through his beloved child Jesus Christ, through whom he called us from darkness to light. From ignorance to the full knowledge of the glory of his name. Grant us, Lord, to hope in his name, the beginning of all creation, open the eyes of our heart to know Thee, that Thou alone art the highest in the highest and remainest holy among the holy. Thou dost humble the pride of the haughty, Thou dost destroy the conceits of nations, lifting up the humble and humbling the exalted. Thou art He who makes both rich and poor, who kills and who vivifies, the sole benefactor of spirits and God of all flesh. Thou lookest on the abysses, Thou ceased into the works of man. Thou art the helper of those in danger, the saviour of those in despair, the creator and observer of every spirit. Thou dost multiply nations upon earth and hast chosen from them all those who love thee, through Jesus Christ thy beloved child, and through him thou hast taught us, sanctified us, given us honour. We beseech thee, Lord, to be our helper and protector. Save those of us who are in affliction, have mercy on the humble, raise the fallen, show thyself to those who are in need, heal the sick, turn back the wanderers of thy people, feed the hungry, ransom our prisoners, raise up the weak, comfort the faint-hearted. Let all the nations know thee, that thou alone art God, and that Jesus Christ is thy servant, and that we are thy people and the sheep of thy pasture. Chapter 60 for thou hast made manifest the eternal fabric of the world through thy operations. Thou, Lord, didst create the world. Thou who art faithful in all generations, just in thy judgment, wonderful in strength and majesty, wise in thy creation, and prudent in establishing thy works, good in the things which are seen, and compassionate to those who trust in thee, merciful and compassionate, forgive our sins and injustices, our trespasses and failings. Count not every sin of thy servants and handmaids, but cleanse us with the cleansing of thy truth, and make our steps straight that we may walk in holiness and justice and simplicity of heart, and may do those things that are good and well-pleasing before thee and our rulers. Yes, Lord, let thy countenance shine on us for good in peace, 
that we may be protected by thy strong hand and delivered from all sin by thy uplifted arm, and deliver us from those who hate us unjustly. Give concord and peace to us and to all the inhabitants of the earth, as thou didst give it to our fathers, when they invoked thee reverently in faith and truth, so that we may be saved, and grant that we may be obedient to thy almighty and excellent name, and to our rulers and governors on earth. Chapter 61. Thou, Lord, hast given the authority of the kingdom to them through thy all-powerful and unspeakable might, that we, acknowledging the glory and honour given them by thee, may be subject to them and in no way resist thy will. To them, Lord, give health, peace, concord, and firmness that they may administer without offence the government which thou hast given them. For thou, heavenly Lord, King of the ages, givest to the sons of men glory and honour, and authority over the things on earth. Direct their counsels, Lord, according to what is good and well-pleasing before thee, that by piously administering in peace and gentleness the authority granted them by thee they may obtain thy mercy. Thou who alone art able to do these good things for us and other things more abundantly, we praise thee through the High Priest and Protector of our souls, Jesus Christ, through whom be glory and majesty to thee both now and for all generations and for all ages. Amen. Chapter 62. Brothers, we have written to you sufficiently concerning the things that befit our religion, and are most helpful to the life of virtue for those who wish to direct their steps in piety and justice. 4. In regard to faith and repentance and genuine charity and self-control and discretion and patience, we have treated every point. We have reminded you that you must please Almighty God with holiness in justice and truth and long-suffering, in a life of concord. You should forget injuries in love and peace, and continue in gentleness, as our fathers aforementioned who, in their humility, were pleasing to God, the Father and Creator, and to all men. And we have reminded you of these things the more willingly because we knew well that we were writing to men who are faithful and well reputed and had studied the words of God's instruction. Chapter 63. Confronted by so many and such great examples, therefore, we rightly should bow our necks and adopt an attitude of obedience, so that abandoning this foolish rebellion we may without blame reach the goal set before us. For you will afford us joy and gladness if you obey what we have written through the Holy Spirit and get rid of the wicked passion of jealousy, according to the plea for peace and harmony which we have made in this letter. We have sent trustworthy and prudent men, who have lived among us irreproachably from youth to old age, and they will be witness between you and us. We have done this in order that you may know our entire preoccupation has been and remains that you may quickly achieve peace. Chapter 64. In conclusion, may the all-seeing God and Ruler of the Spirits and Lord of all flesh, who chose the Lord Jesus Christ and us through Him to be a special people, grant to every soul upon whom His great and holy name has been invoked faith, fear, peace, patience, and long-suffering, self-control, purity and prudence, so that they may be well-pleasing to His name through our High Priest and Defender Jesus Christ, through whom be glory and majesty, power and honour, to him, both now and for all ages. Amen. Chapter 65
send back to us quickly our delegates, Claudius Ephebus and Valerius Vito, together with Fortunatus, in peace with gladness, so that they may speedily announce the peace and harmony which we have prayed for and desired, and that we also may more speedily rejoice at your good order. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you and with all those, in every place, who have been called by God through him, through whom be glory, honour, power, and majesty to him, and eternal dominion from eternity to all eternity. Amen. The text for this was taken from Francis X. Glim, the letter of St. Clement of Rome to the Corinthians, in the Apostolic Fathers, translated by Francis X. Glim, Joseph M. F. Marique, and Gerald G. Walsh, Volume 1, The Fathers of the Church, Washington, D.C., The Catholic University of America Press, 1947.